Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. My name's Justin, and uh, I am flying solo today. Eric is out on vacation, so it's going to be an interesting show. Uh, just to get some information out to you guys, if you want to catch us on Facebook, uh, you just go to facebook.com forward slash paratruth radio and hit the like button there. You can also uh, find us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com forward slash paratruth radio and hit the follow button. Uh, you can also email us at paratruthradio at gmail.com. Um, if you ever want to call in during the show, our guest call in number is 914-205-5558. And you can also hop in our chat room and uh, get questions uh, to our guests or to myself and Eric during the show that way as well. Uh, tonight, um, we are having on David Rufino, author of Unholy Communion. David, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Nice to have you on the show, sir. Great to be here. Thank you. No problem. So um, for everybody out there who hasn't heard of you or heard of the book, why don't you explain it to uh, everybody for us? <clears throat> well, I guess I could say it all started back in uh, around 2005, the first time I went down to Roswell and got hooked up with Jim Wilhelmson and with uh, Joe Jordan and Guy Malone and a host of many others. And um, I realized for many years that um, these entities that claimed to be from outer space really weren't, that they were, um, so we, shall we say, uh, in disguise, <clears throat> other beings in disguise. And uh, in 2008, uh, Joe uh, invited me to speak with him down in Roswell, um, which we did, and it was it went fairly successful, actually. So, so much so that uh, some of the uh, secular UFO researchers got together and told us that, or told the city that uh, if we ever spoke down there again, that they would never come. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah, really. So. Uh, anyway, this spurred me on to want to write the book. You know, we we did the the um, conference down in Roswell and it went fairly well, and and I always wanted to get it out in book form, and so I decided that I would uh, go ahead and write on Holy Communion, and um, it was uh, quite interesting actually because <laughs> um, it was it was a lot of writing. It's uh, you know. 500 and some odd page book and I, I put everything that I possibly could into it um, but it's uh, it's quite thorough well, one researcher calls it the uh, the most thorough work on uh, alien abduction from a biblical standpoint that he's ever read so um, you know so <laughs> that, that to me that's quite a compliment but you know right, I, yeah. I consider it that I didn't write it myself you know since I'm a right. spiritual kind of person I I consider that um, the Holy Spirit uh, helped me write it or actually penned it through me. So um, all the credit goes to him for sure. So so basically, yeah, it started in 2005 and, and went from there, and um, and here we are. Now, you touched on a couple different points in the book about the different types of views from uh, for the, the alien abduction theories. There's the South secular view, the uh, New Age view. You touch on the the Christian aspect of it as well. Um, mm -hmm. For those that don't really know all those views, the secular view is basically extraterrestrials coming here, abducting humans, and exper experimenting on us. Correct. That's correct. Yes. 
And um, uh, for those of I'm you sorry, that man. haven't, oh, I'm sorry. For those of you that haven't listened to previous shows, we touched base on a lot of uh, theory out there, and uh, David also touched a lot of bases as well in in this book as well. Um, so from the secular point of view, um, compared to what your research actually came down to, where were the differences in, in, uh, in your opinion? Well, my opinion is that no matter what way you look at it, it's all a religion. Um, the, the secular point of view, they have the space brothers that kind of want to be our savior and come down here and straighten mankind out. Um, if, you look at it from the new age standpoint it's it's very similar except that they they more acknowledge that there's a spiritual aspect to it uh christians uh, go one of two ways they'll either they'll either call you nuts that this <laughs> you're, you what you're believing is demonic and you're getting it from that kind of source or they'll agree with you and say that there's always been something that's nagging them about it um and and you're verifying it we're verifying it and right. um but our our whole thing is that it is um it is spiritual and it is physical because what a lot of people forget to um take into account is that the the spiritual can manifest into the into the physical you know we have all right. a lot of different angelic accounts in all different religions actually not just christianity um right. The uh, secular people like to call it interdimensional because, of course, they're not going to say spiritual because then, then they have to admit right. that there's a God and they have to ad- yes. admit that there's good and evil and that they might be account- held accountability someday <laughs> to that the, right. you know, the God of the universe, whatever. But um, so those, it's funny that if you walk into a church, any church here in the United States, I would say, because I've been to quite a few of them. And you start polling people, you're going to find out that a lot of them do believe that there's life in outer space. Uh, hmm. Well, what that life is, we don't know. You know, there could be mold and grass growing on some planet. Right. That, that would be life in outer space. It doesn't necessarily mean it's intelligent life in outer right. space. But um, myself, I, I seem to believe that we're just uh, unique creatures created for a unique purpose and that these entities are coming um, to deceive us and to see, deceive mankind. But um, did I touch on all of them with that, um, Justin? Or was yeah, there one that um, I missed out? You touched on pretty much on a circular view on all of them in general, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and see, that's my kind of belief, too. Is, is there life on other planets? Possibly. Um, it would be very close-minded to think that some type of life has not popped up on other planets at one time or another. Maybe they're all dead at this point. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, my, my whole just, take on that, Justin, is that, you know, from, from, a, from a Christian standpoint, you know, now I realize that there's a lot of other listeners that, you know, come from other viewpoints, but right. um, I, have to, I have to look at the, the, um, the, the purpose, the whole purpose for um, the, the coming of, and I, I use uh, Hebraic term in, terms, I hope you don't mind, but Yeshua or Jesus, uh, that he came to save uh, mankind. And uh, and then you look at that, and then you have to look at a whole bunch of different things. Okay, if there's life in outer space and mankind fell and he corrupted the universe, then 
all those people that lived out in the universe are corrupted too, according to what Scripture says. So, you know, did did Christ have to go to all these different planets and die? Well, Scripture says no. He he died once and for all. Uh, I would think it unfair of a, any deity to to condemn innocent people for something that they didn't do. Yeah, you know. So, you know, so when I look at it from that standpoint, I'm like, you know, well, maybe there is life. Maybe there's uh, satient beings, but they're not beings that can, um, like humans, that can, can think on their own and think and wonder why we're here, should I say. Well, you know, and, so. I just wanted to throw of, that in real quick. Yeah. Any type of science fiction or any movies or anything like that you ever see, uh, mankind is a very special entity compared to any extraterrestrial that we come across in the movies. So it's almost the same aspect as you're saying. Humanity is a completely different entity in itself and special compared to many others that may may or may not be out there. That's true. Very true. Yeah, and then you got to start wondering, you know, every aspect that we've ever seen in science fiction, they always seem to be humanoid, two arms, two legs. Right. Yeah, the abdomen, the thorax, you know, and the whole nine yards. Uh, why isn't there some big blob out? Well, there was a movie called The Blob, <laughs> right. but it was just right. an animal that destroyed people. But but why isn't there something with you know fifteen arms, thirteen legs, and uh, you know that can operate a, uh, the whole spaceship all by himself? You know, the whole conception yeah. is always that it's it's a humanoid uh, type of creature. So that's right. something to think about right there. Yeah. So um, what got you started on, I mean, I know that God called you to this work, but what got you started on specifically working on alien abduction uh, cases? Oh, okay. Well, that's that's, that's an interesting story because um, long, long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away, I always <laughs> like to say, uh, I was I was a little boy, and um, my dad was very deeply steeped into the UFO events. Uh, he he had copies of Project Blue Book sent to him, the ones that they would send out anyway. And um, he always got UFO magazines. We, as a matter of fact, we would travel to New York City to pick them up because he didn't want them coming in the mail and having the mailman tell the whole neighborhood that he believed in little green men. Uh, <laughs> so we would we go over there to get them. And uh, and one night, I, I just had a very weird thing that happened, um, Justin. I was laying in bed and... Uh, and uh, woke up to uh, look out the window and see uh, an unidentified flying object hanging over the neighbor's house. Kind of looked like the full moon, but then when I looked to the south, there wasn't a full moon. There was a crescent moon to the south. So I said, well, this is kind of weird. And mm. So I went and did what every uh, brave young man does. I went back to bed and pulled the covers over my head and sat there shaking. <laughs> so I, I uh, screwed up the courage to pull the uh, covers off again. And when I did, I now... This is what I saw. I saw what looked like a, a man standing there in a Russian cosmonaut uh, uh, costume, you know, or, or um, what I'm trying to say. But uh, so anyway, I covered my head again, tried to call for my parents, and I, nothing came out. I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. What happened after that, I don't know, and frankly, I really don't care to know. <laughs> but um, years later... Um, after my conversion back in 1979, I was 20 years old, um, mm-hmm. I was visiting a friend's house, and we were listening to a tape about the occult. And um, after the tape was over, I went to walk up the stairs and noticed that I couldn't walk up the stairs. It was like trying to walk through um, 
very hard jello to get up the stairs. I came downstairs and told a friend, and he uh, he said, okay, we'll take care of that. And we just started praying and using the name of Jesus, and uh, we basically backed the thing into a corner and then right out the window, and it was gone. And so that kind of stuck in the back of my head for a while, and then I started wondering what I was, what my purpose was. You know, God has a purpose for everybody that that works for Him, and uh, so what what is this purpose? And then one day I kind of, uh, I'm not schizophrenic or anything, but I heard a little voice tell me, well, you know, what were you involved in when you were younger? And and it was the UFO stuff. And uh, not too long after that, I was laying in bed and got that same feeling that I had all those years ago and the same feeling that I had when uh, I tried to walk up the stairs of my friend's house. Mm. And I held out the name of Jesus, and it went away. And I'm like, aha, there's something going on here. You know, the name of Jesus scared him away. And so I started looking in Scripture and seeing that um, whenever Jesus would be walking around, and it was funny, too, because demoniacs were always attracted to him. It's like they knew that he could free them (laughs) with what they had inside of them. Uh, So... uh, it happened a few more times, and I cried out the name of Jesus. Once I was able to, you know, uh, halfway unparalleled, uh, unparalleled, paralyze myself by uh, thinking the name of Jesus, and uh, and they would flee. And uh, after a while, it kind of got to be fun, and then <laughs> uh, they realized that they weren't scaring me anymore, and uh, very rarely had it happened ever since then, you know. But yeah. um, so... When I noticed that this happened, then right around 2005, uh, well, actually, right in the mid-1990s, I, I put all this together, but um, in 2005, when I went down to, to Roswell and heard the speakers down there and then met Joe and then Jim and um, found out that they had had the same sort of experiences and that other people had, I'm like, oh, man, somebody's got to write about this. Somebody's got to get out there and, and tell yeah. people that, you know, they can make these things go away uh, temporarily if they want to, uh, just by using the name of Jesus. Uh, And I say temporarily because um, they'll go away using that name if you're you're using the biblical Jesus, okay? And we can get into that later if you want to. Um, But uh, if you develop a relationship with with, uh, with Jesus and his Father, which is what true Christianity is all about, right? you have a power and authority that he gives you, and then these things don't want to mess with you. And uh, then they go and bother somebody else. So uh, I, I really wanted to get that out there, that, you know, you can be free from these things. You can be temporarily free, and they'll just keep coming back. Um, right. Or you can be totally free and have them never come back. <laughs> or yeah. uh, in the case of some of us, they do come back from time to time just to sh- like kind of like an in-your-face sort of thing. Right. Uh, we're still around, but uh, you know, you just do what you usually do. And like I said, after a while, it it's kind of fun because it's um, it's so ridiculous that they think that they could try to intimidate you when you know the truth. And uh, you know, so, and you just uh, you, you just give them a hard time back. You know, right. this is a war. Uh, when you fight a war, you know, you just don't sit in your foxhole the whole time waiting for them to to come after you. Sometimes you got to run out of that foxhole with your bayonet and your guns guns blazing and right. and go after them. So, yeah, that basically was what uh, got that all going. All right. Um, well, we're going to take our first break. Um, folks, you're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm talking to David Rufino about his book, Unholy Communion. Uh, 
We're going to go with Eric's random fact of the day and some music, and we'll be right back. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Dogs. Man's best friend and loyal to the end. However, have you ever trained your dog and found that they're learning absolutely nothing? Some people may credit this to dogs being unable to understand. But have you ever thought that it's not the dog's fault, but maybe the trainer's? A study posted on AnimalPlanet.com suggests that the average dog can understand up to 165 words, and more in some cases. This includes the average sit, stay, and go commands. But did you know that they can also read a person's emotions and gestures? In fact, Jessica Bamer, DVM of the Contra Costa Veterinarian Emergency Center in Concord, California, says that dogs that live with deaf people can even be taught to respond to hand signals as a form of language. The article posted at AnimalPlanet.com says that when training a dog, we should use tangible words and not abstract ideas. So the next time that we find our dogs lacking to understand, we should remember that it may not be the dog's fault but instead should reevaluate our own training methods.
Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, for those of you just joining us, I'm talking to uh, David Rufino today about his book, Unholy Communion. Uh, if you have any questions for myself or the guest, our call-in number is 914-205-5558. Uh, you can also hop in our chat and get the question out that way. Uh, so, David, we were touching base on how you got started in the work, and um, now when you finally started um, talking to people about the abductions and how uh, just invoking the name of Christ could just get rid of it temporarily, did people approach you or did you have to find people or did they just approach you after you spoke at uh, Roswell? How did that go? Well, one of the things that we found real interesting is um, Jim uh, Wilhelms, my associate, and I, we would always go rent uh, a table down in uh, Roswell at the convention center, and uh, we would promote our, our books and or our work anyway. But um, and we would have we were expecting all these new age people, all these uh, secular people to come up to us and speak to us. But most of the people that came up to us, I would say a good ninety percent. We're all Christians, or claim to be Christians, and mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to know the truth about it. And um, so when we would explain to them what we're all about, um, I would say out of that 90%, a good 80% of them told us that they had similar experiences. <laughs> and it was a real surprise to us. It really was. And um, so we said, you know, we... we we want to get the word out, and we really appreciate your coming and telling us this because it shows us that there's a, seg- uh, a silent segment of the uh, Christian church that has found this truth out, but they, they're they afraid to say anything because they're going to be labeled as fanatics or they're going to be labeled as nuts or, you know, you're getting into yeah. demonic stuff, doing, right. you know. And so um, when I wrote the book, I, I wrote it, I had a real challenge because I had to write it um, for for people that don't know Christ, of course, but I also had to write it for people that did and, and and wanted to express themselves and realize that, no, in fact, you have gone through real experiences and you're not crazy and that uh, many other people have. And, and you've seen that in the testimonies in the book, and, um, and uh, we've gotten a lot more over the years, um, letters on the Internet and things like that of uh, people right. who have actually written and said, you know, uh, again, thanks. I know I'm not crazy, and I know I'm not demon-possessed, and right. um, we just want to work you for that. So, yeah, so um, we, uh, we we heard it first from, from people, from believers, and then we decided, well, you know, well, we really got to get this word out to, to more uh, to more believers that of what's going on. And we've uh, also 
um, developed a little network of, um, of people that want to help out, and they're all they're, we, we have an organization called PAPSI. Uh, it's for the Paranormal and the Alien Abduction Problem Solvers International, and, and there are other ministries out here to do this, but uh, people can call us any time of the day or night if they're having problems, and we'll pray with them over the phone. We'll, um, Jim is a, a really good uh, counselor. Uh, he was a pastor for many years. And, uh, he pastored the King's Kids in Detroit, uh, founded it, as a matter of fact. So he's he's really adept at uh, teaching, and he's adept at uh, uh, helping people who are having problems paranormally, as mm. many of us are. But he's I would say he was he's the best authority in the whole thing. But um, so we had people that saw that was going on, what was going on, and they wanted to help out too. So we have a, a whole list of people around the country. Uh, I think we still have a man over in England, uh, somebody in Central Africa who, who likes to help out, and, uh, and so we're trying to bring more people aboard that can do that, so uh, so other people can get freed um, and know that uh, they can fight these things off and not have to uh, not have to worry about them anymore. And, and after a while, you start laughing them off. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it's amazing that you guys have taken such a big undertaking for this, and I, I'm honestly proud of you guys for doing something like that because it i'm sure it takes a lot of energy yeah it's not easy <laughs> but it, it's, it's it's rewarding when somebody yeah. can, can call you or, or write to you and say you know what what you did really helped me and now i'm not being bothered anymore if uh if i wrote the book and only one person wrote back to me and said that it would have been worth it uh, yeah. but many more have written back and said that so that that's uh the reward that i received um, and that's all the reward I want, actually. But the biggest right. reward is that is that um, you know Jesus gets the, the the kudos for everything that goes on. Absolutely. Now, um, is there any stories um, from the book that stick out in your mind the most um, as far as the abductions are concerned? Um, yeah. Well, one that's well, there's so many of them. My goodness, I have to right. rack my mind real quick. <laughs> Um, I, I, I got one that wasn't in the book that I'd like to share real quick because I think okay. it's very a very important element. Um, I got a call from a lady one day, and she, I answered the phone, and she said, you're wrong. It doesn't work. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I've tried it several times. I've said the name of Jesus, and they're still bothering, bothering me. And what I do when I counsel well, I don't really counsel. I just listen and help. Um, I don't have a license to counsel, so um, so I I listened and and I said uh, I have to ask you a question. I said, um, who is Jesus to you? You know, and she said, oh well, he's the the living force of the universe. He and he's in all the trees. And, and I'm like, ma'am, I said you're not calling out to the Jesus that can save you. The Jesus that can save you from your problems is the one that that uh, cast demons out in the Bible and everything. What you're doing is basically praying to the to the enemy for help to get help to make the enemy go away. You know, I said no wonder it hasn't worked, you know, and and um so I tried to present the gospel truth to her and she hung up on me, but you know, I it's very <laughs> important to realize that there are a lot of um just like there are a lot of Davids in this world, but they're not all me. Um, right. There's a lot of Jesuses out there, and they're not the one that's um, that's represented in Scripture. <laughs> and if you're crying out to them for help, you're not going to get it. But mm. the one that's in the book that um, that really kind of 
made me think a lot is um, there was one uh, Kathy in there, and I love her spirit because she she really got ticked off at these things uh, because they were bothering her, and then later on they she figured out that they were kind of bothering her kids. And you know how uh, uh, a bear mother is when you start getting around her cubs. <laughs> you know, you just don't do that. And um, so Kathy decided, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm going to fight. And she's a she's a real fighter, and she did fight them off. And um, and then had her son realize that these things were, you know, uh, were demonic also. And, and uh, so she just really struck me as somebody that you know came out of came out with the bell ringing uh, with the boxing gloves on and was just going to duke it out with these things and and um over the years you know they've gone away and uh she's she's free now and that's a really good thing and um but there was also another woman from uh, Mexico her name was Lourdes and she um she made a very interesting uh correlation um and I've, I've gotten a lot of flack from this from, from uh, Roman Catholics, and believe me, I have no problem with, with Roman Catholics. I, my, most of my ancestry <laughs> was Roman right, Catholic yeah. before I was born. And, um, but uh, she made a correlation to having come from Mexico um, that there are so many UFO sightings down there, and, and she put together why this is is because of all the uh, – uh, all the sacrifices, human sacrifices that went on down there for you know for millennia, probably, and uh, that there had never been a, a national um, repentance or even a, a, a area repentance in different areas, you know, and and uh, then we started doing some research on um, the Virgin Mary that shows up down there, and uh, came to realize that the the same Virgin Mary that showed up to I think his name is Juan Diego. Um, is an entity that used to a female entity that used to appear to um, the Aztecs on, on that very same spot where where uh, Juan Diego says that he's, he he uh, had an encounter with the Virgin Mary, you know. So th- that's how she put it together that it was de- demonic, and uh, she had had some instances herself where uh, um, she had to fight these things off, and and she got so adept at it that um, when they would show up because they. In, they like to attack um, and harass people that are weak, just as every bully does. And um, but she got to the point where she would just, you know, you out, you out, you out, because she had that power and authority because she came a ch- became a child of God, you know. And um, so it, her in, her experience being that, you know, she she took that power and authority and wasn't didn't even need to use the name of Jesus anymore because she was covered under his power and authority could just tell them get out <laughs> you know and they're gone yeah. so um so those are uh, the, the two that that really um really rang my bell so to speak when i when i listened to them and when i interviewed them and um and then when i was writing this uh, writing the book and telling their stories mm. um I, i'm not going to say that none of them were not interesting you know each one has its own component right and um and each one shows a little bit of different ways in which warfare was done and uh, different ways which the enemy came in and tried to um tried to take hold of their lives so uh but those are the two I would say that well the one that's in the book and the one that I got the phone call or two that have really impacted me and, and helped me to explain better and understand better what's going on actually now the lady that hung up 
on you. Did you ever hear from her again? No, never heard from her again because what I did is I I was when I told her that uh, that the real Jesus she wasn't listening to the real Jesus that that offended her because the new new age people think that Jesus was is just one of many gods like a pantheon of gods uh, that have come to earth to make life better and um, when I when I mentioned that she was basically talking to the wrong Jesus I. I came against her new age beliefs and um really really offended her but I I did tell her that um you know in the, in the future that if this ever happens again try calling on the name of the biblical Jesus and and again she's never called me back never written to me so she's maybe never taken my advice but one thing that's interesting and we should remember too is that some people like these things when they happen to them it's called like um well it's like a Stockholm syndrome almost um, they they get it to where it becomes their identity. They're not just alien abductees anymore, but they're more emissaries for the aliens. Um, and let me clarify: I don't think they're aliens. I think they're fallen angels. But uh, yeah, they right. think they're aliens. They, so they become emissaries for these these beings instead of being victims. So um, it becomes their identity, and they, and they like it. So um, you know that that should always be remembered that. <laughs> You can you'll reach a certain point if you're, if you're going through this and you don't get help. You'll reach a certain point where um, they'll no longer be a threat to you. They'll they'll start appealing to you and you'll be their friends and and uh, that never works out very well. Never has, right. and never will. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that works out for anybody. So <laughs> really, yeah, it's and all of any entity that is outside that is trying to take control of you or manipulate you in any way is not good at all. Mhm. And that's why we have to be so careful about the things that we do, you know, even uh right. getting into uh, illicit drug use uh or becoming uh addicted to uh prescription painkillers or playing with Ouija boards or um even uh and it's funny because psychologists will say that there there are um I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's a uh, a syndrome where they think that um, you can have things passed on to you from your ancestors. In other words, if your mother, if your father was a wife beater, you might be a wife beater. You right. Know? And um, the Bible talks about that. The Bible says that uh, the um, what was it? It's in uh, I believe it's in Genesis or Exodus. He says that uh, he will uh, visit the sins of the fathers upon upon their children up until the fourth generation, but he will. Um, visit the blessings of those who love him forever, you know. And uh, so, you know, what what he told us, you know, back, what, three, four, five, four thousand years ago, you know, science is right. just finding out years ago. But um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so uh, it was, so we found out that some of this is generational, and, and when you talk to people and find, find out what their ancestors did, some of them were in, in the Illuminati, some of them were into the Masons, uh, the Masonic Lodge. Some of them were uh, alcoholics. Some of them were drug abusers, and and those are all open doors. You know, once you give right. up your uh, sovereignty to anything, uh, you're you're giving it up to anyone who will want to take it, and, right. and that's what happens. So you got to be real careful about that kind of stuff. All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break, uh, folks. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm talking to David Rufino about his book on Holy Communion, uh, and we'll, we'll be back in just a few minutes. 
Hello everybody, Sublimely Elegant here, as always, and guess what? I know you. Well, no, we've never met, but I do know you. I know you love Minecraft. I know you love the internet. Now, I also happen to know you love colorful language. So, instead of moping around all day, why don't you head on over to my channel and satiate your deepest needs. YouTube.com forward slash Sublimely Elegant. Around the bend, the city lights. I'm 
almost home again Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm talking to David Rufino about his book Unholy Communion. Um, David, I've got a question here from the chat room. It says, in your studies, have those that submit to Christ found permanent relief from the entities temporary, or does it depend on one's current faith at a particular time? Um, for example, some people who once had a faith in Christ and then walk away from their faith. Um, have you ever helped somebody uh, like that, and what was the outcome? Uh, you know, no, I never have haven't helped anybody that's walked away from their faith because um, everybody that I've I've helped, I don't, I'm not saying that you know, everything's perfect, but every, everybody that I've helped has realized what they've been saved from or delivered from, and they realize that if they ever walked away, <laughs> that there'd be a lot of problems, you know. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I I've never had that really happen. Uh, I, I tell you the truth, I never even thought about it. <laughs> um, I do know that um, there are some of us, and me inclusive, and I'm not going to say that it hasn't happened to me um, uh, again after, after, you know, the the initial time of calling out in Jesus and then my relationship with him. From time to time, like I think I said earlier, they come back and they try to harass, but you you just send them packing. And, And the analogy I like to use is that some of us are on the front line we're we're soldiers on the front line and when you're on the front line you're facing the enemy all the time and you've got a target on your back and um some of us are are the people that are in the back they're they're on the supply lines they're they're uh the ones that um send the bullets up let's say to the to the front of the uh battle and uh, mm. they're not really a danger to the uh, to the enemy but the one those of us that are out there trying to get the truth out to people the enemy doesn't like that, so uh, it, it could come as a, a revisitation and, you know, just a little scare tactic, or it could be messing with your finances or something like that. I'm not going to say it's a primrose path. It really isn't. You know, you, when you take right. this initiative to do something like this, you're you're signing up for, uh, for the whole war. But the, the important thing to remember in such a situation is that if you read the end of the book, we win. You know, and right. it's just putting up these little bits of trial and tribulation uh, from time to time, and and having faith to know that the one that we're fighting for is has already won the battle. We're just stuck in this time continuum, and he's sitting outside of time, going, "Just don't worry about it. Everything's fine. You know, you're going to get through this battle just just great." And he's there to walk with us and hold our hand while we're going through these things. So, um, so there are some that still get harassed from time to time. There's some people that. Will never get harassed again because God knows that they're not able to handle that, and He keeps the enemy away from them. 
But uh, I don't mind an attack from time to time. It shows me that I'm right on, on the right path and that I'm uh, that I'm. I don't want to offend anybody in the audience, but I'm pissing off the enemy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, if he's pissed off at me, I know that God's proud of me. So right. I'm just the way I look at it, badge of her honor, basically. Well, and it kind of keeps you on your toes, too, to make you realize these things are still coming around and trying to get the one up on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also keeps you on your toes to that you realize that, hey, you know, when those guys at work, you know, they want you to go out and have a couple of drinks with them, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea because then I'm going to be, I'm going to be giving up some of my freedom, um, some of my uh, right. self-expression to the alcohol, and I might not want to do that, you know. Right. And, and so, you know, it's uh, it's a double-edged sword, but if you if you wield it the correct way, you know, it it the the Holy Spirit just works wonders in um, in this ministry and and in helping people out and, and keeping you on the straight and narrow too, you know. Right. Yeah, and a lot of people follow fall off of that wagon pretty easily, unfortunately. But they're always welcome back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some people don't realize that either. <laughs> yeah, I, I've hurt God. Well, you can't hurt God. <laughs> He's seen from before you were born what you were going to do. So just, you know, pick up your, put your boots back on, pick up your bootstraps and, uh, and get back going, you know? <laughs> so. Right. Oh, um, well, we're getting close to the end. Um, one thing we really haven't touched on is what are, like, for lack of better terminology, the warning signs of these things happening to you, even though they may be day-to-day to you, how can you recognize them? You mean that they're going to happen again or something like that? Well, that, that the abduction is happening or the demonic oppression is happening. How can someone actually finally realize that without... Um, coming to somebody and saying, hey, these things are happening to me. What do I do? Is there a way for them okay, to you, see that? Yeah, well, it's, it, always almost start, it almost always starts out with um, at night, um, sometimes during the day, uh, and it starts out with um, a feeling of foreboding uh, danger that there's somebody maybe in the room watching you that uh that there's evil in the room that you can actually sense evil and it's even people that don't know um what evil is basically can sense it and uh then it, most of the time it goes into a paralysis where you can't move and then it it goes into it affects your speech center where you can't talk and uh, that's where a lot of people get tripped up because they're like well if I can't talk how can I say the name of Jesus well you can say it in your mind because I found from everybody I've talked to, I've found that they could still think. They were able to think in their mind, and as, as long as they cried out the name of Jesus in their mind, then afterwards they were able to uh, gain their speech back, and then they were able to say it out loud, and, and then the entities leave. Um, so that's that's basically how it starts out. Um, it, it can end pretty quickly. Uh, I remember, the, I think it was the last time that it happened to me was about probably about five or six years ago now, maybe longer, and um, three times I, I had it come back in the same night, and because um, it was a real a, a time of intimidation that you would not believe. But um, yeah. so I the third time, you know, I said I'm really getting sick of this. You know, you've got no authority whatsoever. Get out of here! And 
and I kid you not, this really happened. I heard coming from above my roof, I heard a beeping noise like you would hear in a cheesy 1950s UFO movie. And I just started laughing. I couldn't help it. I just started laughing. I go, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said to them, I said, I said, if I know who you are. I know what you're trying to do. It's not going to work. And um, so when you can laugh at them, that even works a lot better. But anyway, so, yes, those are the signs that 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 something's happening. And um, now it can happen when you're with, with somebody. Um, most of the time when it happens in bed, uh, if you have a, a wife or a husband or something that you're with, uh, they, they won't know anything's going on until you're able to shout out the name of Jesus, and then they, they, they basically know then because you're, you know, you're so panicked or, in my case, right. you're so mad, you know. Right. And then if they're of the same faith, they're able to, to join with you and definitely get rid of them. But, um, yeah, so those are the basic precursors. Some people can feel it coming on even before that. And um, and that comes with a feeling like the chills, uh, um, uh, the chills from the bottom of your spine to the top of your spine. You know your hair standing on end. Um, something if you really get spooked, if you've ever really been spooked by something um, out in the woods or something, or if, if you've had an encounter with a ghost, that feeling that you get many times mm-hmm. that'll that'll come on before all these other things come on. So um, it's definitely a, a foreboding. Um, feeling a uh, something that is not pleasant whatsoever. <laughs> I, I have yeah. never found anybody that liked it except for those that become used to it and basically have that Stockholm syndrome and and yeah. um and want to want to start having them after a while. But uh even Whitney Strieber said they were demons, so uh and he had many visitations, so if he said it then um <laughs> then a lot of people should believe it. Right. Um, now, for everybody who's listening, where can they find you and find the book and um, find your organization? Okay, it's, um, it's what I've done is I put everything on one web page, uh, all the links where they can go. Um, it's okay. delusionresistance.org, and it's all one word, you know, delusionresistance.org. And uh, from there, they can get to a radio show because we we have a radio show on Blog Talk also, like you do. Oh, okay. Um, it's called the Post. It's called Opposing the Matrix, and we're on every Saturday night. Um, and uh, they could get to the book page from there. They can get to our Papsi Ministry from there. They can get wherever they need to go from there. Um, Jim Wilhelmson, also echoesofenoch.org. They can go there and, and get help, too. And um, and papsi.org, they can go to P-A-P, excuse me, paapsi.org. Think of Pepsi. <laughs> And, and you'll remember it, but uh, they could go there if they're having, if they're being harassed and they need help. And uh, but if they go to um, delusionresistance.org, all those um, resources are available to them, and they, there's links to everything that uh, everything under the sun, basically. And uh, it's quite clear and, and concise, and they can figure out what they want to do or where they want to go from there. Right. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an honor and a blast. I, um, I'm honestly even shocked to hear that you have a show on Blog Talk Radio. I didn't even think to look you guys up on there too. So um, I'm glad that uh, you're on the same network as we are. And um, I thank you so much for being on. Well, I thank you for having me on. This has been a real pleasure and it's been a blast actually. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
you have yourself a good night, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. That would be a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Justin. God bless. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, folks, that was uh, David Rufino, author of Unholy Communion. Uh, as you heard, he also has a show on Blog Talk Radio right here called Opposing the Matrix. Uh, if you would like to find him or any of his organization or the show, you can go to delusionsresistance.org. Uh, also, PAAPSI.org, uh, PAPSI.org. Um, next week, uh, we're going to be having on... Dr. Don Don Deary, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, about his book, UFOs, ETs, and Alien Abductions, A Scientist Looks at the Evidence. Uh, we'll have Eric back here on the show as well. Uh, you'll also hear Eric's random fact of the day, uh, as well as uh, my good friend Sublime Elegance, lovely commercial. Um, so uh, it's been a great show today. I'm actually honored to have had david rufino on he's an amazing guest and uh so if you guys ever want to find us while we are not on air uh you can find us on facebook uh just go to facebook.com uh forward slash paratruth radio and uh click the like button go to twitter.com forward slash paratruth radio and click the follow button you can also email us at uh, paratruthradio at gmail.com and as always, if you are ever listening in live and you want to call in with questions, you can call our guest line, which is 914-205-5558, as well as hop into our chat room if you're online. Um, so I am pretty much out of time here, folks. I'm glad that uh, everything turned out great without Eric here because I was worried. So Eric, I know you're listening, and I'm truly grateful to have you back. So uh, my name's Justin, and this has been Paratruth Radio. Peace. grown up me too yep me too but you know these days being a grown-up can really suck luckily we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation we had video arcades and also some of the best tv and movies ever made we lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics the list goes on and on yep generation x exactly and we're gen x grown-up every week the gen x grown-up podcast explores media tech toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Exactly like All right.
right. Do you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no. Right.